few announcements first. Uh, today, adult formation classes uh, have begun. RCA is for those interested in becoming Catholic or simply to learn more about Catholicism. And classes have also begun for adult Catholics uh, who are not confirmed in childhood. To learn more about attending RCIA or adult confirmation classes, we ask you to please call the parish office right away. Ask for Deacon Pereira. Uh, since those classes have indeed already re begun, we'd like to get those who are interested in participating enrolled and register for that quickly so that uh, we don't lose time and lose opportunities. And I want to make a special invitation to those of you who are already Catholic and perhaps were not confirmed uh, earlier in life to take this opportunity that we're providing to make sure that you prepare for that important sacrament which completes uh, your initiation into the church and draws you closer uh, in conformity to the mission of the Lord. Call the office right away for more information on that. Um, I need uh, your participation in a survey that will be sent to archdiocesan households, and it should go out this week. Uh, the Oklahoma Parental Choice Tax Credit funding, uh, an aspect of things our legislature passed this past session, um, will make it possible to provide a quality Catholic education in more places in the archdiocese. Uh, St. Monica Church is considering the possibility of a school. And we need, however, a survey participation in that survey that's coming out because it's designed to give us a very detailed and helpful data about interest and support for a school. And I'm really in, uh, advertising this to all of you, to everyone. So please, even if you do not have a school-aged child, uh, I need at least one member of each household to respond uh, to that survey. It's a very detail-driven survey, uh, and the great news is that the Archdiocese is paying the cost of the extensive survey uh, to provide the data that will guide the decisions about a future school. Uh, the participation of each parish household will provide the parish that significant information to help guide decisions. Uh, and this is really for everyone to respond to. It's about determining kind of what are the attitudes towards education in our area? What's the clientele base, if you will? What's the interest in supporting the mission of Catholic education? It's really something for everybody. This is not a survey just for those of you uh, who might have school-aged children. And whether you think you would use a Catholic school or not. Every single one of you I need an answer from. So please do that because this is a very intensely data-driven survey and it's going to give us the kind of information we need to make responsible, good, wise decisions about the idea of a parish school. Be looking for that survey this week. If you don't get it, that might mean the Archdiocese doesn't have an email contact for you. So contact a friend, contact the office, let us know you didn't get it so we can try to find a way to get that to you. It's that important that I really want to see every parish, every parish household participate uh, in that. And then a reminder that the Three Hearts pilgrimage will take place October 12th through the 14th. The pilgrimage is a 35-mile hike to Clear Creek Monastery in eastern Oklahoma to give public witness and to offer reparation and prayer for attacks on the traditional family and the defense of the sanctity of life. The Three Hearts invokes the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and the Most Chaste Heart of St. Joseph. Once again, our parish will form a group to participate, and I invite you to see the flyers that are out in the north that tell you a website to go to for more information and to register. Uh, this pilgrimage is a great act of devotion and it's getting a lot of attention, certainly from throughout the states in our region, people coming from various states around, but even as far away as Alaska, people participating in this. And that means spots in it do fill up and they fill up quickly. So if you'd like to uh, participate in this very unique aspect of devotion in a public procession like that, you'll definitely want to re respond and go to that website and the flyers and register quickly.
To live intentionally as a disciple of the Lord, we should ask ourselves, among other questions, what must I do to live my Christian life the way God wants me to? If we pay attention to the sacred scriptures, we certainly find authoritative answers quickly, and those things ought to motivate us for how we live as disciples. Today, Jesus reminds us of something crucial and fundamental, that we are all brothers and sisters in the Lord. He has, in fact, called us together as a community. He's not called us just as individuals with a me and my Jesus relationship. That's there too. But he's called us together as a people, a community. He calls it the church to belong to him, to be members of his body. We are all brothers and sisters in the Lord. And we do not show our love for our neighbor by kind, praising words alone. We do that. But also, when necessary, with words of encouragement or even correction. And thus, another lesson from today's gospel passage is that the church has an authoritative role in both doctrine and discipline. A role in doctrine that is what we believe, a role in discipline that is how we believe. An authoritative role that guides us in answering that question along with the answers that come from the sacred scriptures, what must I do? to live my Christian life the way God wants me to. We get clear indications of that authoritative role of the church in the words of the gospel. When we are advised that if a wrongdoer won't listen, go to the church. And if the wrongdoer won't, refuses to listen even to the church, then treat that person as a Gentile or a tax collector. That is an outsider. In other words, the common language today would be an excommunicated. We are all responsible for one another. If we truly are brothers and sisters, we cannot act as if we have nothing to do with one another or no responsibility to one another. It is often so easy to just criticize each other instead of helping each other by good example to live as Christians. What most helps people to follow Christ is seeing others authentically living out their faith hope, and love, to provide a credible witness to being a disciple, to belonging to the Lord. And we all know this through our own experience. A true Christian should share the weight of his neighbor's successes and failures, his growth or his sin. You see, the sins of our neighbor are not just his own problem, but they are in some way reflective upon the whole health of the body of the church. They are in some way our problem as well. Precisely because we love our neighbor so much, his sins should feel like a failure not only on his part, but on ours. The scriptures say, weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. We share in our common life together as disciples. Jesus teaches us the importance of correcting our neighbor at the right time. In the first reading, the Lord urges the prophet Ezekiel not to be silent because his silence would make him responsible for the ruin of his people. God made him a watchman among his people, 
so that he would sound the alarm when necessary and remind them not to stray from the ways of God. And we can ask, what is the use of a watchman who does not sound the alarm, who shrinks away from the need to warn and correct? As we say, it would be as useless as a mute dog. But no one is a stranger to a Christian. He should feel responsible for the well-being of all. As we heard in the scriptures, if your brother sins, go and tell him his faults between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. Since we are responsible for our brothers and sisters, we must be willing to enter into their lives whenever we can help and always with charity. We are all brothers, sons of the same father. Today's gospel begins with these words. If your brother, not a stranger, if your brother, this is the key for how we should behave with others, not indifferent, not superior, but as brothers. Yes, we should correct our brothers and sisters with charity, with love, just as a father is not always silent, but speaks to his children and encourages them and sometimes scolds them. As a teacher is with his students, just as a friend should be to a friend, as Christ himself was, who knew when to correct his disciples, especially Peter, with delicacy and vigor, and so help them mature in the right direction. And we are called to do this always with love and from love, always motivated by charity, that bond that unites the whole body of Christ. We should not forget, too, listening to today's gospel, that when we are the ones who receive words of correction, we need to work hard to receive that well and to react well, to view it as a gift for my well-being, a gift ultimately for my salvation. At the time when correction is given, it usually hurts when others must tell us that something is not right. But again, viewed with faith and praying that we receive that as a gift, later we can see that it helps us to improve and it shows a desire on the part of the one who gives the correction to really live credibly as a brother and sister in the Lord. You know, others often know our defects much better than we do. And with the help of God and with our own sincere effort to help one another, we will feel more and more like brothers and sisters in the Lord each day. And more importantly, we can learn to avoid defects and sin so that we advance in holiness and the invitation of fuller communion and life in the Lord's kingdom.